Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus, but the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them he addressed this parable. What man among you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, would not leave the ninety-nine in the desert and go after the lost one until he finds it? And when he does find it, he sets it on his shoulders with great joy. And upon his arrival home, he calls together his friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in just the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who have no need of repentance. Or what woman, having ten coins and losing one, would not light a lamp and sweep the house, searching carefully until she finds it? And when she does find it, she calls together her friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found the coin that is lost. In just the same way, I tell you, there will be rejoicing among the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Then he said, A man had two sons, and the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country where he squandered his inheritance on the life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck the country, and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. And he longed to eat his fill of the pods in which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, how many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to eat? But here I am, dying from hunger. I shall get up and go to my father, and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, Quickly bring the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast, because this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son had been out in the field, and on his way back, as he heard near the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, your brother has returned, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. He became angry, and when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, 
Look, all these years I served you, and not once did I disobey your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughter the fattened calf. He said to him, My son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice, because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, good morning. Morning. Uh, the parable we heard on the what we call the prodigal son uh, may just be the one, most notable and memorable parables that Jesus ever told, a favorite to so many people. Uh, many of you probably participated in a book study uh, several years ago on a book by Henry Nouwen uh, on the Rembrandt painting of the prodigal son. Uh, and in that book, uh, if you went through that study, they encourage you to take your own personal um, time to reflect on how you're each one of the characters in that book. Um, today we're going to focus on really the way the Pharisees and scribes uh, heard this message and really what Jesus was trying to accomplish. And there are two points that I want to make. The one is the incredible love of God. And then to try and look carefully at that last strange line where the father says to the older son, everything that I have is yours already have it. It's a strange thing, but we're going to come back to that at the end. Um, so when we think about this love that Jesus is trying to convey and show, which is different than what the scribes and Pharisees thought they realized with you know, their relationship with God, um, it's an outrageous type of love, over the top. Uh, Catherine of Siena said, and she called it a crazy love. And that's what Jesus is trying to show. Um, in the first part of the parable with the shepherd, um, the shepherd leaves his 99 sheep in the desert and goes to find one. Who wouldn't do that? Well, the Pharisees and scribes say no one would do that. That's ridiculous. That makes no sense at all. You wouldn't risk in the desert losing 99 sheep for one. That makes no sense at all. In the second parable, the woman is looking diligently all day for a coin that appears to be worth, in our day, 10 cents. Hardly worth the effort of spending the time. And certainly if you found the dime, you wouldn't call all your friends together and say, oh my gosh, I found a dime. Let's celebrate. It makes no sense. It's over-the-top effort to go after something that is lost. Well, the Pharisees and scribes would be kind of scratching their head like, I don't know what these parables mean. And then Jesus tells the third parable, and he says, a man had two sons. 
Well, that's a very famous story that every child in Israel would have heard. And it starts off, a man has two sons. And it goes along the line of what we heard. The youngest son says, give me mine so I can go off. And he squanders it. He comes back. And in the normal story that the children have heard, the father waits in the house and he says, you're dead to me. The story was told to teach the children to be obedient. So the scribes and Pharisees hear this story and they go, okay, now we know what's going on. But Jesus does it again. He, he makes a claim of love that's outrageous. It's scandalous. The father comes out of the house. That's not done. And he puts a ring on the finger. He's showing a love that is just too over the top. It's outrageous. And that's what Jesus is trying to do. He's trying to show the love of the Father, the love of God for his people. It is crazy love. Just like Catherine of Siena had said. Now, what did the two sons really want? You know, they wanted treasure, they wanted the money, the estate. But it's interesting, when the younger son uh, squanders it, you know, he's left hungry, he's left wanting. Um, I'm going to suggest that really what the younger son wanted was glory. We think of earthly glory, of honor, esteem, impressing our friends. That's what the older son wanted. He wanted money and treasures to impress his friends. He wanted glory. The Hebrew word for glory actually comes from the same words that have a relation to weight. So glory meant heavy with many treasures. Weighted. Actually, it's where we get the idea of being loaded. Somebody's very wealthy, they're loaded. Well, when we think of divine glory, that's, that's having a lot of divine honor and esteem, which is, which is what we say in the glory of God the Father. We're adding that esteem and honor to the things that God is doing. Well, the Father says, you already have it. There's something that he, the, the older son already has. The son thinks I want treasures, money. But the Father says, you already have this. Um, for us to understand that a little bit better, you might remember the story of St. Lawrence. Uh, a deacon, just so happens, but he was in the third century, and it was during uh, one of the persecutions, and the emperor said, I want all the treasures of the church, and the deacon, St. Lawrence, was in charge of all the treasures. And so what did he bring to the emperor? The crippled, the poor, the lame. He was burned at the stake for it. But St. Lawrence wasn't trying to be cute. He knew the 
true treasures and the wealth of the church was in something that was already there in the poor and the lame and the crippled, in the sinners that Jesus is spending time with. That's where the glory is, the earthly glory. Now, St. Paul teaches through his writing that our earthly glory is cross-shaped, cross-shaped glory. It'll be different in heaven. It'll be a wonderful sharing with God as we see him as he is. But on earth, we have glory through the cross. And we can see that as Paul really tells us. He's, he's honored, he has gratitude as being an, a foremost sinner. But Jesus has, or the, the Father has worked with him and brought him to a level of honor and grace that he's experiencing in his cross-like life that he lives on earth, which he tells us to do as well. Uh, there's a point that um, I think we all can experience this grace and honor, and it's a wonderful thing. When you think about the stories, both the son and the old, the, the younger son and the older son thought that their reward the glory that they're working for was connected with a feast. They both wanted to spend money on food and a feast and celebration, but we're at a celebration. We're at a celebration every time we come to Mass. So there's a point that I want, it's, it's, a, it's a very memorable point in the Mass. So Father Jim, after the consecration, is right before he's going to elevate the host and the chalice he's going to say a small prayer and it's called the doxology well doxology comes from the word that means honor and glory right it's a sharing of the culmination of what's happening at the altar what jesus has done for us and our participation so there's a wonderful event that happens that you, you'll see. So when he's, when he's about to start that, then the deacon will approach the altar and receive the chalice to hold up. That's a signal and a reminder for our hearts, everyone in the laity, to approach the altar with our hearts and participate in this glory that's happening. And the culmination of that is we say, Amen, yes, I believe. You're participating with your hearts every time we come to Mass. And you participate in this celebration, the feast. The Father comes out like he does out of the house. For both of the sons, the Father is there in the Eucharist and in our sacrifice and offering. And we're bringing our hearts to participate. That's how we share in the glory. And then we're fed so that we can live our lives out in the world.